So Jordan and I went out to dinner the other night, mm-hmm. and we were once again mistaken for teenagers. I don't really understand how that keeps happening. Like, you are in your 30s. I turned 32 on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I... This time, like, I think this happens to Jordan perhaps with more regularity sure. than it happens to me. I mean, he has come home with some ridiculous stories. And do you think it's his haircut? Um, I do, except I was looking at old pictures of mm-hmm. Jordan when he had, like, way curlier hair. Mm-hmm. Like, his hair has changed. Yeah. And to me, he looks older because mm-hmm. his hair is not as mm-hmm. curly. Um, but, like, he was dressed for work. Mm-hmm. Um which, I mean, he was at Publix probably a year ago, and the cashiers, plural, all, like, took bets and, like, talked about how old he was because he was buying alcohol. Uh-huh. And they couldn't... They thought he was on his way to prom because he was dressed up because that's their definition of prom. So we get up. We're at Smashburger. Uh-huh. We go up to the person. She takes our order. There is no reaction. But while Jordan's paying, she all of a sudden goes, I'm sorry. You guys have wedding rings on how <laughs> old are you and this girl was probably in her i don't know late teens early 20s mm-hmm. and we said yeah we're married which jordan is an extrovert and so he loves to engage this further right. which i'm not gonna lie i was entertained by it as well For i'm sure. an introvert yep. but sure bring it, it on so so he goes wait how old do you think we are because i was just about to say oh we're actually mm-hmm. 30 and she was like Hmm. And she looked at me, like, she really thought about it. And she looked at me and she was like, well, you, you could pass for 18, (laughs) but I think you're 17. And then she looked at Jordan and she was like, but you surely just turned 17. (laughs) Like, like I could have been 18. And so we both were like, um, we're 30. Am I going to be 32? Yeah, I am. I, I said, uh, we're 31. Yes. Because um, you're four years older than me. Yeah. I will be 28 in March. Yeah. So we're 31, 32, and she was bum-fuzzled. Is that the word? <laughs> no. Did I make I, that up? I think so, and I like it. <laughs> she was bum-fuzzled? I have no idea what you're trying to say. I don't know. Befuddled? Befuddled? Beats me. <laughs> bum-fuzzled? Befuddled? Bum-fuzzled? I don't know what that means. I'm going to look it up later, see if it's a I word. hope it's not something dirty. Oh, God. I hope not either. We do not get explicit ratings no. on here. Um, so, to make a long story more longer than it needed to be, the girl did wind up going, God, do you guys have kids? Because I would love to marry your son and just get that DNA. And Jordan was so... Like, I went with it. Jordan was so confused by that statement. Yeah, because that's not how DNA works. Correct. That you was Jordan's response. You don't take response. someone else's. I said, Jordan, she's clearly in high school. And I was like, and maybe she's <laughs> thinking about her future children. Unless like, she has, like, the mutant power to, like, steal other people's take our genes. genes, right? Yeah. So, I anyway. I don't think she's an X-Man. My genes are wantable. <laughs> Is that the best I mean, it's not bum-fuddling. <laughs> episode 156 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I kind of read this month. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. 
Oof, I am so tired. Guys, can we discuss that January has been far more interactive yeah. than I imagined? Like, I pictured quiet days spent at home by a metaphorical fire. That is not what my January has looked like. No, I saw a tweet yesterday that was like, y'all, it's been six months, and it's only January 28th. <laughs> Yeah. We're recording this before the month's even over, uh-huh. and I'm like, what happened in January? I mean, and don't get me wrong, I set some personal goals and I achieved mm-hmm. them this month, but I am, running on fumes would be putting it kindly, mm-hmm. and that's not good. It's January, guys. It's January, and so I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> I don't either. When I, you I find think, out, let me know. I think, like, the last six months of our little, like, intros have been like, I am so tired. I know. Well, and I'm sick <laughs> of hearing we, myself. I, me too. Like, it's all we talk about anymore, and I'm just like... And I hate that. I don't want to be one of those people. And I try not to be. Like, if you interact with me in person, I yeah. hope the first thing I say isn't, ooh, I'm tired. And I think what happens is, like, we sit down to record That's our it. intros, and we're like... Oh, we sat down. We're just sitting down for the first time today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it just feels like we're having, and I think this is the appeal of our show, it feels like you're just sitting down with your friends, and yes. we're just like, oof, oof man. Life's was, rough, guys. That was something, yeah. huh? And so, yeah. life could be worse. Oh, for sure. But we are sure. also busy people. It is a little hectic to, right now. trying to do this doctorate, and you're trying to run a business, and... I got also, two cavities. My face mm. is broken out. There's not. There's no hope for me this week. It is what it is. I yeah. I have this rash all over my neck. Do you see? Oh, that? I do. Yeah. You know what that's from? Um, life. Tropical fungus. <laughs> all right. Um, because people who live in tropical climates like we do sometimes just yeah. develop these fungal rashes, and it's gross. <laughs> I know. That's all right. You're not gross though. I know. I do it's keep, not contagious. I do keep quoting. There's this a line. You, do you remember in Friends when Joey was like, I'm Joey, I'm disgusting. Like, there's just this assumption that he's disgusting. That's how I feel right now. Yeah. Like, I walk around my house like, I'm Annie, I'm disgusting. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're out of toilet paper again. I'm Annie, I'm disgusting. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Um, but I did read. That's great. I didn't read a lot. I read a lot, but not for fun. Sure. Um, I get that. And I, if you want more information on what I read this month, you can subscribe to our... Patreon from the Front Porch newsletter. You should call it What Chris Consumes. I I'm, call it Media Log. I'm yeah. big into, um, what is it? I just lost the word. I'm uh, big into alliteration. Oh. Uh, what Chris Consumes. What, what Chris Consumes. It could be a special miniature episode <laughs> of the podcast. We need more content. We do. All this content. Um, yeah, so I didn't read a ton. Certainly less than maybe I have read in previous months, but interestingly, remember how I've talked about pre-bookshelf? I read about four books a month, mm-hmm. and I think that's ideal. I think it's so ideal. That's how many books I read and this it's month. Perfect. And maybe, it was perfect. Maybe just keep that rhythm. Do I know you that think, you can't. I was going to say, honest question, because I really am curious, because I thoroughly enjoyed my reading life this month. I read four books, and I'm reading, in the background of those four mm-hmm. books, a nonfiction business book. Do you think... Do you trust a bookstore owner bookseller who reads four books a month? And that's the problem. If you are simply owner and not owner operator, I would say yes. Right. But you are not. Right. I'm in here all the time. Mm-hmm. You lose all credibility and ethos if you're not actually reading. Right. And so... Which the good news is I'm reading, and I'm constantly reading about reading. Right. Um, but I read four books this month. Honestly, life was chaos, so it's fine. Yep. Um, and you were gone all week. I was gone for a week and took books with me. 
That did not happen. And brought books back, I'm sure. Yeah, brought 15 back. So, yeah, anyway, it did not... The month did not pan out how I, how I pictured. And that's okay. But I did read four, four books, and I'm reading a really practical, great business book. So Because one of your reading resolutions for the year was to not be consumed with the quantity and that's not try right. to meet that goal. And so I think if you did four this month, then you did four this month, and that's great. I would like to address the people on Instagram ever so briefly. So I've been... I did not vow to not track my books. Right. I just vowed to not care about quantity. Right. Um, so I had some people confused, very excited, but confused that I was tracking my books. I'm still tracking my books on Instagram. I think it's fun. It's a nice way to interact. However, people were very opinionated about no longer putting stars next to my Saw that. Yeah. Added them back, everybody. Nobody panic. Um, I was just trying a new thing where like I did them in stories instead of, because I really wanted to be intentional about my reading Mm -hmm. too. So I really wanted to try to find like a core quote or thesis Mm -hmm. statement from these books that I liked, which I do think people are enjoying that. I mean, I've heard opinions, <laughs> not all positive, but the <laughs> opinions on your personal Instagram. Yeah, yes, <laughs> but but I understand that, right? Because sure. it's not it's not really an entirely personal Instagram anymore. It's still yeah, and that's that's part of the issue. Yeah, right? it's yeah. still affiliated. I'm sure seems affiliated with the bookshelf. So if you are an Instagram follower of me personally, hooray! The stars are back. <laughs> Nobody panic. Um, but I am going to stick to my just putting a quote from the book. And if you want to know more about why I did or didn't like a book, that's what this podcast is for. And that's what the Instagram stories Listen are Listen to the show. Watch the stories. Yeah. But subscribe to Patreon. But I get it. I'll put yeah. I'll put my stars back. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so stressful. What have you done, Annie? I know. I, well, and you know what? Here's the good news. People care. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's something. Yeah. So I'll take it. Good. Um. Anyway. No, that's great. Shall we? Shall we? We shall. All right, let me pull them up. Here's what I started with. Okay, so you read The Ensemble. Oh, you guys. Have you heard me talk about this book yet? I have not. Okay, great. Um, Except that we did talk about the beautiful cover. Beautiful cover by Riverhead Books, so no shock. Always, yeah, Riverhead. They really do great. Killing the cover game. Great stuff. The author is Aja Gable. I already submitted this for an Indie Next pick. Beautiful. Um... It is gorgeous. Kate and I are going to be in a fight about whose shelf subscription this is, I'm sure. Um, Here's the tricky part about shelf subscriptions. I have seen this ARC making the rounds. Mm -hmm. Riverhead is distributing them like... Everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. like nuts. And that's fine. Um, But it may or may not, I haven't decided yet, be a shelf subscription pick in May or June. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the ensemble comes out in May, I believe May 18th. it is a book about classical music okay. without you needing to know anything about classical uh-huh. music. So think The Art of Fielding and Baseball mm-hmm. or Astonish Me and Ballet. Okay. All books I loved. Uh, this one is no exception. I began the year with a five-star book, which made it difficult to follow, by the way. <laughs> made it difficult to Oof, read. Yeah. Because it's really good. So it follows, obviously, four characters in a quartet, four uh, kind of college, young adult uh, people that meet as they form this uh, string quartet, and it follows those four members through into middle life. And not only are you learning about each of their individual lives, but their lives as an ensemble, mm-hmm. their lives as a quartet, and how entwined they are because of their because of their musical life. Right. Um. Couple of things. 
I loved that this book, if I'm not mistaken, was divided into four parts, which would be perfect because mm-hmm. four people. Um, but it's not divided into the first section is one character, mm-hmm. the second. No, it's not that at all. You get multiple storylines in one part. Uh-huh. I also like that each part is introduced with a listing of the three or four classical music pieces that the quartet is playing at that time. Interesting. So I think it could make... I surely Riverhead Marketing Department has already thought of this, but it needs to be a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Uh, Kate is going to make one for our store. Perfect. Which perhaps we will share on Patreon. Definitely will. Um, so anyway, I thought that was a really nice and lovely touch that could have felt gimmicky, but right. did not feel gimmicky. Instead, it felt like the author of this book cares deeply about classical music, and she knows what she's writing about. Mm-hmm. She has done the research. And so each part is introduced by those musical compositions. So I thought that was a nice That's super touch. cool. I love that right? as a craft You would thing. really yeah. like this book. I already gave it to Kate. Who, mm-hmm. Because what I wanted I mean, to know. It's a musicologist. So here's yeah. what I wanted to know, right? Do I love it because I know nothing? Mm-hmm. Will the will the interest be diminished if you are somebody who knows right. a lot right. in, of in-depth information about this subject? So Kate is reading it now, and I will be intrigued to see what she thinks. It was beautifully written. Um, truly, I mean, it's so early to say, but, but oh, could, yeah. could be in my top ten at the end Which of the year. Which is so great. I know, it's so good. What a way to start the year. Uh, so the ensemble by Aja Gable comes out May eighteenth. Uh, it is, guys, it's so good. Yeah. You know what it is? Mm. It's what I wanted. It's what I wanted the Immortalists to be. Interesting. Yeah. And similar aesthetic of the cover too. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> flowers and, I mean, and flowers similar and similar a structure, little bit right? in structure. Mm-hmm. And and for me, I liked the Immortalists. Enjoyed the first half, yeah, and just the ensemble never fell flat for me. So, anyway, really good book. That's super great. Yeah. Okay, next up you read History of Wolves by Emily Friedland. Um, This one came out last year, two years ago? Came out last year, yeah. Um, Because it was up for the Booker. Won some awards. Yeah. Um, I bought it in Philadelphia last year, decided to read it at full year later that which happens. I feel like yeah. every book buyer listening right now understands like yep. anybody who buys books knows that sometimes we buy them and immediately dive in mm-hmm. and, and sometimes, sometimes they sit on our shelf set. for a little while there are several yeah still waiting to start well and I, I do know a couple of bookstagrammers and I love this idea a woman um, I used to follow her blog started this a few years ago she calls it like the unread project yeah. and she reads before she buys yep. she reads what she hasn't which I think is ideal and you everyone should do that if they can um so, History of Wolves sat on my shelf for a while, finally picked it up. So glad I did. Yeah. Really different. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say that it was outside of genre for me, but the book itself falls outside genre. Right. It's like genre bending, right? Yeah, like it because I think the cover and the premise, or maybe not the premise, the cover and the first few pages might make you think, ooh, I'm about to read a suspense. You are not. Uh you also might think, the premise might make you think, this is a coming-of-age tale. Uh, kind of. Um, it doesn't really fit in a category, mm-hmm. which explains to me why it was award-winning, uh-huh. but I didn't sell very many. Right. So, good news is, I think it's very enjoyable. It is literary. Right. So, oh, yeah. not commercial, really, and not really on the edge. Yeah, not, not maybe the most accessible. No, I don't think so. However... If you, oh, I'm trying to think what I compared it to. Um, if you liked Swamplandia, mm-hmm. then this is for you. 
Um, because I thought Swamplandia was a little weird, but I totally loved it. Sure. Um, and I think Swamplandia, you can be a commercial reader and enjoy that book. So History of Wolves, if you liked Swamplandia, you will like this book. It's basically about a young girl, teenage girl, living in northern Minnesota. That, to me, was the best. The best aspects of that book were when the author was writing about place. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was there. Um, I felt freezing cold. I felt like there was a scene where a girl gets out of um, off the school bus with wet hair and it freezes. <gasps> what? This happens, you guys? Like, like I guess it's like us walking out and sweating to death. Like, I don't understand. Like, your hair freezes? Your wet hair freezes? Like, that's nuts. And Kate informed me that that was, in fact, true. And so, anyway, so she writes really well. The author writes really well about this sense of place. And um, she's in her teenage years, clearly a quirky, complicated kid. Her parents um, are, like, leftovers from a kind of Christian, I don't want to say cult, but commune uh-huh. situation. And now it's just um, the parents and her kind of living on the remains of this commune. And a new neighbor moves in. Okay. And she begins to kind of babysit for the new neighbor. And the characters in this book are fascinating. They make decisions I would not personally make. Um, but I couldn't stop reading because I wanted to know what happened to them. Yeah. I will say, as is the case with a lot of literary books, this isn't like a sit down and read it in a couple of sittings. Right. Part of the reason I read four books this month was because I read some really beautiful... The ensemble mm-hmm. felt this way, too. Um, the ensemble was faster paced, but the history of wolves, what or history of wolves, was not something you race through. Uh, so I really took my time with it. I'm glad I did. I yeah. think that was the author's. I'm sure it was her intention, right. and I'm glad I read it. It's not for everyone, uh, but it was for me. And I saw uh, C.J. Hauser commented it that her it was favorite her favorite. Last year. That's right. Yeah. So I think if you like reading things that are just a tad. Out there seems unfair, but but a little maybe off the typical reading path, yeah. then I think this is for you. It was really good. You yeah. would like it, I, I think. It's another one that was on my list for last year that yeah. I knew I wasn't going to get to. Yeah. But. I'm glad I own it yeah. for yeah. what it's worth. And like, I'm glad I bought it, and I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I finally picked it up off my shelf. And that's great. The next one you read was Campaign Widows by Amy Agresti. Yes. So I went like a week of reading nothing because I was at Winter Institute. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, came back and just popped a couple out? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. This past weekend, because I brought home, as we have talked about, I brought home like 15 books. Mm-hmm. And I started to look at those 15 combined with my already lengthy to be um, read list mm-hmm. and was like, I got to knock some of these out. So I read two. Campaign Widows was one of them because the publisher... Uh, rep at Winter Institute build it as Sex in the City meets the West Wing. Okay. So, sold. Sure. Really glad the cover, I think, is going to change on this one. It's the oh, okay. cover not final, so... Interesting. I okay. will be interested. It's a very Young Jane Young cover. It's a Young Jane Young cover, but what's fascinating to me is the cover girl, the woman uh-huh. on the cover, doesn't look like any of the characters. She almost looks flight attendant-y to yeah. me. Like, it's... So, I hope they're going to change it. Um, well, a little bit Monica... Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, Campaign Widows is very light, mm-hmm. fun. It's, remember the hopefuls? Yeah. It's the hopefuls light. Oh, okay. Okay? So, it is 
about, I think it's got like one too many main characters, but it's like five or six people. I've read some of those lately. Yeah. It's five or six people. Each one of them has a significant other or loved one who is working on the 2016 fictional Uh campaign. And it's a fascinating, funny campaign because you can see how the real campaign probably influenced some Uh of it. Um, And yet it's entirely its own beast. And that is fleshed out really well. Like, the campaign itself is fleshed out really well. I really loved and fell in love with a couple of the stories. But Mm -hmm. as is the case when you have multiple main characters, there are some I could have done without. They're not always going to land. They're not. Um, And another reader could pick it up and love love those characters characters. and not like the ones you did. Exactly. Um, That's the beauty of those. Yeah. So one of the characters is, like, this kind of high-powered event planner. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is kind of new to the area, works on, like, a Washington, D.C. morning show. Mm -hmm. Another one runs a bar, a bar that I desperately want to exist in real life called The Preamble. I want this bar. Look, there the description, I won't I do not want to spoil anything, but there's a description of this bar where I was like, please let this bar exist. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. It sounds lovely. Um so anyway, there are some main characters I really cared about and enjoyed. And um it was it was fun, easy, fast reading. If you liked the hopefuls, this is definitely for you. It is lighter, a little bit fluffier feeling mm-hmm. than the hopefuls, but really enjoyable. I liked it. That's great. Yeah. Um, the last one you read this month, then, is This Love Story Will Self-Destruct by Leslie Cohen. I want to point to the cover a little bit. Um, Do you blurb, want to put to the blurb? Point to the blurb? by David, I... <laughs> David Duchovny, yeah. Special Agent Fox Mulder. I got issues. Who calls it a young Nora Ephron. But also the cover art is that, like, Instagram meme oh. of the, like, girl shot from behind holding the hand of the person taking the picture. Oh, okay. And it's, like... I'm... It's that in, like, a hundred different locations. I've not seen this. Okay, yeah. Oh, so That's interesting. Yeah. So, okay, the cover's fine, but I do want to address David Duchovny. Yeah. Why? Noted has, has sex he, addict David Duchovny. Is he really? Yes. Did not know that. Yes. Mind blown. <laughs> um, I, I have literally only ever seen David Duchovny in one thing, and it was some movie with Minnie Driver. And it wasn't even The Exiles? No, I've never seen The Exiles. Return to Me, I think that's the name of the movie. Yes. Um, somebody, like, needs a kidney transplant, maybe? Something I'm not like sure. That, yeah. Um, why David Duchovny? Truly. I don't know. Do you think he's a friend of the woman who wrote it? Probably. Because the young, That's how blurbs work. Yeah, and the young woman who wrote it strikes me as somebody highly connected. She went to Columbia... Um, it just feels like she probably knows a lot of folks. I think she worked in publishing, mm-hmm. maybe. But I just couldn't get past the David Duchovny thing. Yeah. Also, it's a weird blurb. Also, young Nora Ephron is setting you up for so much failure. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I picked it up thinking, all right, let's see. Like, I really picked it up. You as, wanted it to fail. Yeah. Yeah. terrible? Yeah. Good news, that's guys. What happens. Yeah, and good news, it doesn't fail. It's a solid, in my opinion, three-star book, which... For me, means enjoyable, liked it, don't regret reading it, um, glad to have read it, don't need to read it again. Nothing wrong with three stars. Don't need to, like, wax philosophical about it. Uh, Basically, I understand the Nora Ephron reference in that the book feels, as so many things do, inspired by When Harry Met Sally. Lots Uh, of good dialogue. Yeah, good dialogue, and not a will they or won't they, but when will they... Mm -hmm. Why is it taking so long? Mm-hmm. Are these people meant to be together? That kind of thing. Right. Um, so it's a boy-girl uh, love story. It begins when they're in college. She is this free-spirited person. He's an engineer. 
they barely cross paths in college. Her mother dies in the September 11th attacks. His father survives. Um, so that kind of plays an interesting role. If you live or love New York, I do think this writer clearly loves New York. There's mm-hmm. a lot... You can very much picture where these scenes are taking place, which, again, I get the Nora Ephron reference then. Like, Nora right. wrote beautifully about her city. Um, I liked this one. It reminded me... Gosh, there was this book I read a couple years ago. I'll give you the name after because I can't think of it now. Um, but it, it was written by a South Carolina author, Nick Brown. And this book, for whatever reason, really reminded me of that one because you kind of have these self-centered characters, mm-hmm. um, particularly the, the young woman at the heart of the novel Novel is a little bit, um, a little bit selfish to me. Um, but... But you like her. She's not unlikable. Like right. you, you want good things for her, uh, and you kind of watch her muddle through life and wonder when is she gonna get her act together. Here's what I do like about this book. The book acknowledges that. I feel mm-hmm. like I've read a couple of books lately. All grown up, I think by Jamie Attenberg was one mm-hmm. where like the main character was kind of selfish and terrible, but we weren't supposed to. We weren't invited to critique that. No, right. like instead it was like, no, this is just who she is. No, guys, like that's <laughs> selfish. Yeah. Um, so I liked that like her selfishness was acknowledged and we watched her grow as a character. So that's I good. really liked that. And it was a fun love story. Like I was rooting for the couple at the end. So if you like YA romance, if you like, although this was not a young adult to me novel, uh, but if you like YA romance, if you, yeah, sure, if you like Nora Ephron, I mean, this isn't Nora Ephron. Don't get your hopes up that. Right. That's dumb. But <laughs> but it's utterly enjoyable. But maybe young Nora Ephron entails not quite there yet, Nora Ephron. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And Nora Ephron, by the way, not perfect, guys. No. Close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I really did. I thought it was a, I thought it was a lovely... Lovely little book. This Love Story Will Self-Destruct by Leslie Cohen. Very nice. Blurbed by David Duchovny. (laughs) For whatever reason. For whatever reason. Maybe that means I'll get to blurb a book one day. Yeah. It could happen. You will. Maybe I'll blurb yours. Okay. That's what it takes. I gotta have connections. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh Yeah, I'll do it. Okay, good. Write me down. Um, So I read one book this month. All right. Um... This is coming out in February, so I can say it's my February shop subscription pick. Okay. Which is great. Um, it's called The Infinite Future by Tim Workus or Weirkus, I'm not sure. All right. Um, I'm shilling hard for this book. All right. Because it's going to be hard sell. <laughs> it's very good. Okay. It's so good, but it's really high concept. Okay. Um, and so you have to trust that it's all fiction because it starts with this like preface that's like, oh, when I started writing this, I just realized that blah, 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 and, like, here's this thing that happened in my life. I was in class with a guy, and then I met up with him, and he told me the story. But it's all fake. Okay. It's all fiction. You just have to go in knowing. Knowing. He's selling it. He's selling it as, like, this thing that could, that did happen, Mm -hmm. that is, like, memoir. Because the premise of the book is that there is this lost manuscript that somebody, like, a a South American sci-fi writer wrote this book that never got published. And there are these fans of this author who are trying to find this book so that they can read it. Okay. Um, and it's cool. Yeah, that's that sounds cool. And all kinds of like weird, like a little bit Da Vinci Code kind of conspiracy stuff, although not to that level. Yeah. Um, although everybody knows how 
how I feel about Dan Brown. Yeah. <laughs> My complicated feelings. Um, so I like that aspect of it. But the first half of the book is kind of the story of this writer and this librarian and them trying to track down this manuscript. That's fun. It is. But then the f- second half of the book is the manuscript. Okay, and that's where you'll lose some focus. Exactly. And there's this interesting and bizarre and very sci-fi interplay between the two where one is affecting the other and they're both affecting each other. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like, I think it's neat. It's a little bit Cloud Atlas, although I think less complicated. Okay. Um, but that idea of, like, the stories within the stories within the stories within the story. Yeah. This is just kind of these two stories and also the frame narrative are all kind of working together. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me. Okay. Trust the process. Trust the book. It's very good. Okay. Um, very well written, very funny, and doesn't feel super heavy or difficult while you're reading it. Yeah. Well, I think But it's when key. you're processing what it is, you're like, what's happening? But I think that's key. I, yeah. Did you ever read Dark Matter? No. Okay, so Dark Matter to me is a book that if you thought about it too hard would make your brain hurt. Right. But commercially... One, if you just trust it, yeah. it's great. And people loved Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe, yeah, you've just got to kind of trust the writer and just read it for what it is. Right. And yeah. don't, don't, I mean, think about it, but sure. don't, don't lose yourself in it. Yeah. Okay. And don't lose the forest for the trees. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, that's good. I'm yeah. proud of you for reading a Me fiction. Too. Yeah. In January um, I, with all because, your stuff going on. Yeah. Because I was like writing my prospectus in earnest this month and I was reading a lot of research and stuff. If you want to keep up with my research and the comic books I was reading to console myself, that's all in my weekly Patreon email, so check it out. Fun. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm proud of us. Me too. We're, we survived January. We did. And, and we did it while reading some pretty good books. We did. Um, and let's do it again next month. Sounds good. strong but now we're coming up thin oh we've cast our lots with all the devils of sin oh my god oh my god oh my god from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in thomasville georgia it's produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen if you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about in this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel, and it's from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon, you gain access to exclusive bonus content like our monthly podcast, Unpopular Opinions, where we share some stuff that we don't like. Or keep up with my media log. You can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch, and for a very small monthly donation, you can gain access to that content. You can also check out our website at www.fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for free web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, Annie and I were not here, but I'm sure a funny thing happened. I've got a funny thing, but it didn't happen at the bookshelf. Okay. It happened at a bookstore conference. Perfect. Ashley went to a workshop about off beat events that okay. was that was the title mm-hmm. offbeat events partnering with your community for offbeat events okay ashley walked in and was promptly handed a hair extension um 
And then poor Ashley cannot even tell me why she was handed a hair extension, but that was one of the events that a local bookstore hosted had something to do with hair extensions. Ashley thinks it was called Wash Your Hair, Get a Book, but she's not sure. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.